Blog Talk Radio. Join us as we travel into the inner workings of John Cheney's mind. Beyond Midcourt is another dimension. A dimension of pressure. A dimension of coverage. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land. Two slow-footed white guys, incapable of playing man-to-man. Of help side defense and active hand. You've just crossed half-court into the matchup zone. Gentlemen, it's Sunday night. You're in the matchup zone. Mike and Kevin here every Sunday in the evening at 7 p.m. here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, we'd like to thank you for tuning in this week, whether by listening live right now or by listening to the podcast, which has uh, been overwhelmingly good for, for us, and we're very happy that you guys all listen each week. Uh, the fact that that many people tune in on iTunes or uh, on the radio show or on the, the website every week is uh, pretty mind-boggling to Mike and I, especially because, you know, we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, Kevin Owens here and Mike Gould. Mike, uh, we, we actually got lucky tonight because we're able to kind of watch, uh, finish watching the PGA Championship. And Mike and I are big golf guys. Able to watch the PGA Championship right now, uh, a little primetime PGA Championship because of the rain delay. So a lot of people on, on the East Coast, uh, we'll actually get a little nightcap of some uh, golf, especially this close contest right now. Fowler, Mickelson, uh, Rory, all, everyone's still competing. It's still a real close match. And I know you're going to say one person is admitted, and, yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit. Oh, Tiger. Tiger, <laughs> yeah, Tiger's admitted. Um, he is admitted. Dude, I'm, I'm pulling for Ricky Fowler so hard here. I am oh, too. Phil I'm okay with, but Ricky Fowler's been – other than Rory, the best player in the world in the, last, in the last six or eight months. Uh, he's something like finished in the top five of every the last three majors or last three or four majors. So he's on fire. So I, I'm pulling for Ricky Fowler. And you know, you know what really chaps my butt, Kev? <laughs> that if Rory, McEl- Rory McElroy loses, if he does not win, mm-hmm. it, the story goes right back to Tiger. Because I, like, I feel like if Rory wins today, mm-hmm. like he's – He's setting the bar for the new era. Like, you know, he's doing what Tiger did back in the day. Yeah. And I feel like that the whole, everything will be about Rory, which it should be. Well, here's the thing. This is what makes sports, I think, more interesting. God, this Rick, is what Ricky Fowler's mustache is just. Yeah, it's horrible. Horrible. I don't understand. He's like, I was talking to my wife about him, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, this is Ricky Fowler. He's like tries to dress like a young kid. Yeah, he's got the flat well, brim. Twenty five. Yeah, he's young. He's he's trying to you know he's yeah. hip. Oh yeah, I like it. But the mustache. I don't. I don't. Not feeling the mustache. I'm looking around at, at some twenty five year olds and I'm I don't see that. that. I don't see that, that floating mustache. floating through that much. Fine mustache. Yeah, that that looks pretty ridiculous. And I don't know. Like he, I remember when he 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 had the longer hair and like everything was orange. Now well, he, he looks he kind of all, dorky. Yeah, he went all purple for a while too. He's going yeah. all purple. Well, like, did he? Where did he go to school? He had to go somewhere. He, well, let me, you know, let me look it up real quick. He had it. If he didn't go somewhere that their colors are orange, I'm uh, going to be a little upset at Ricky Fowler. Yeah, but I'm, I'm thinking he went to like Oklahoma State or something. Possibly. I uh, will. Here's. I, I like. Uh, I like Ricky Fowler a lot. I think he kind of brings that newness, that youngness to the game. Uh, and what what you and I talked about before in the in studio, we were kind of talking about like if you're American and you're not rooting for Rick, Oklahoma State, did he really? There it is. Yeah. So, all right, now he gets a pass for all the orange. Okay, that's good. Well, you know, if he went to like if he went to like Northwestern or something, <laughs> UNC. Pro- yeah, the dude's got problems. <laughs> well, here's the uh, you were talking about. If you're not rooting for Ricky Fowler, uh, I mean, obviously Phil Mickelson's right there, but. You're not, I'm rooting for America. Like I'm Phil, rooting for if, America yeah, too. If, if Ricky, if Ricky or Phil win, I'm fine. I um, see. I want Ricky to win just because. But here's the thing with golf, and this is why what we're talking about with Rory McIlroy. Uh, if he doesn't win, it goes back to Tiger because 
this is what the, look at what overruns the NBA right now. It's the it's the Miami Heat. It's or it's the Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron, LeBron and Brandon and Kevin Love and that whole debacle right now. That people want to hear about the 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 guys that were like like you know the champions, the best out there, and that's why it keeps going back to to uh, Tiger because even though the Spurs won the championship. You haven't really heard anything about the Spurs since the end of the season, since they kind of went through. People talk a, bit, a little bit no, about, you right. know, changing the, changing the system. Except that except they, found, they hired a female. Oh, yeah, Becky Hammond. About it, yeah. But that's the thing. Like, every, it immediately goes back to LeBron because he didn't win. He's won two. But it's about, like, the, I, I feel All like right. it's almost about the guys that aren't winning more than it is about the guys that are. Because when Tiger was winning, I mean, what he did was obviously spectacular and unbelievable, but it was just a different, it was just a different thing. Everyone's talking about uh, the guys that lose because the best player lost, and they don't really understand how the best player lost. So that's, I feel like there's something, oh, God, his mustache is awful. Horrible. I don't get He's like trying to pull like the David Beckham from 1997. All right, we got a caller on the line. Hello, you're in the matchup zone. How are you tonight? Hey, Kevin, it's uh, Mike from Pittsburgh. Two things I want to discuss hey, Mike, how with are you? you here. I'm pretty good. I want to talk about Kevin Love, and I want to talk about Nick Foles. Okay. Um, I want to start with Kevin Love. I've said always that to be a max player, a number one option, that you win a championship – you have to be elite on the defensive end. And I'm sorry, but this Kevin Love going to Cleveland just bailed out his career. It saved him a lot of criticism because at the end of the game, in the championships probably Cleveland will be going to, he won't have any pressure on him. It all go to LeBron James, which we know he can handle. Mm-hmm. He's fallen into the perfect situation where he can be the 2A or 2B option with Kyrie Irving. I'm actually a Celtics fan, and I wanted nothing to do with Kevin Love for two reasons. First of all, because he's a max player, and if you pay him that money, he's going to be the number one option on your team. And I never thought Kevin Love could take a team to the championship being the number one option. But I do think as the number two or three option, it fits perfectly, even though I think paying him $120 million over five years, what they're reporting, is too much. But I guess the way the other salaries are going in the NBA – um, you can almost go for it if LeBron James is behind it. No, you're right, Mike. Now, you kind of talked about uh, the, the first thing first, the salary. I definitely agree. Uh, that's, the way, that's the way it's going. That's the way it's turning. I mean, people are paying big contracts, and you're seeing – you know what? It's funny. You're seeing it. I feel like it's going to start dwindling down more in baseball because of all the bad contracts out there, but it's going to start raising more and more in basketball just because I think there's that – that risk, you know, high risk, high reward kind of thing. So I think the salaries are going to continue to increase. Uh, the Kevin Love situation, it, when it first started, I was, very, I was very against it almost because I'm like, if you're Cleveland, you're giving up, you know, a whole lot to get a guy. And what you said, he's not the, he can't be a number one player. He's kind of that role, that very good role player that's going to help you win a championship. But you're you're depleting. I mean, you're giving. They're talking about uh, you know Anthony Bennett. Uh, you got Andrew Wiggins, and you got a you know first round pick that's going for a guy that you know obviously will help and and serves that purpose. But at the same time, it's very. I thought it was it was crazy at first. But I mean, now that I, the more I look at it, I mean, Love is 25 years old, so he's still young. Wiggins. You never know. You never know what you're going to get. He looked great in summer league. He's superior a uh, superior athlete, and if they say his ceiling is what it is, that's great for the Timberwolves. I just think that I thought he could be a great player with LeBron, almost building himself where he doesn't have the pressure on him at first. I don't know how good he's going to be in, in Minnesota now. Like I think that dropped him. I think his confidence is going to take a hit because he's going to say, you know what, this, no one wanted me. I get booted out right away. I'm supposed to be the next big thing. I mean, imagine if that happened to a LeBron or a Kobe. Or, I mean, Kobe was drafted 10th. But imagine if that happened to LeBron and he's coming up and saying, well, holy shit, like, what is, I don't understand why I'm getting traded for 
uh, let's say Allen Iverson, or like a guy that was at the top of his game at that point. So that's that's what bothers me. I don't. I think it makes Cleveland better. I think it makes Minnesota better. Uh, I think it's a good trade overall. I'm just hoping the Sixers can get in on that and get uh, maybe Anthony Bennett. And, and that's where I was going to go with you, Kevin. Quietly, Sam Hinkie in two years is going to look like an absolutely genius here. Mm-hmm. He's going to have Noel. He's going to have Embiid. He's going to have Sarah coming from Europe. And if they tank again this year, they might get one of these big guys like yep. uh, Okafor. Okafor. And everyone says, well, they're going to be stuck with all these big guys. That's not Hinkie's plan. His plan is to trade one of them. Exactly. And they get the wing player they're going to need at the time with, what, about $20 million in salary cap space. Uh-huh. I thought getting rid of Thad Young was an absolute brilliant move. He was going to leave after this year anyway, and it just gives them another year where they're going to be really bad, where Thad Young might give them a 5-10 wins during the year. I don't think the NBA is going to make this rule change with the wheel system. I, I think the Sixers are, are getting in just, just before they're going to make a change of the system here in a year or two, and Sam Hickey's taking advantage in every way he can. And in three years, we're going to look at a Sixers team with salary cap space, two mm-hmm. twin towers, and the ability to make huge trades for the wing player that they're going to need to, to make a run at the championship. No, I totally agree. And I think I look at the Sixers right now as the uh, kind of that Oklahoma City of the, you know, of the past. You know, that this is what it's going to be in a few years. You kind of look at that and you have, you're going to have some studs. You know, they had Durant, they had Westbrook, and they, it kind of built from there. And then you add a few pieces around. My biggest fear right now is they're getting rid of veterans uh, left and, you know, they get rid of Thad. My, my thing is this, even though you're not going to, I don't want them to get better because I, I obviously the tanking system, and I know Sam Hinkie's trying to fight the NBA on that. At the same time, you're try, you, you need some kind of veteran in there if you want to help develop these guys even more. There has to be, and I'm looking at the, I looked at the veteran wire and, and who's available. I liked Elton Brand a lot just because when I was in, uh, working out with the Sixers, Elton was there, and I've never met someone who was so professional, who was so good with the younger. I mean, I was, I was 26, 27 at the time, but Elton was so good in terms of teaching and talking and saying, okay, this is what you have to do, and giving me advice as we're playing. Like, I, I just look at a, a young player developing. I wish I was 19, 18 years old, and I had Elton Brand on my team. So I'm looking at a guy like that. Even if you throw a little bit of money at him for a one, two-year contract, at least it's going to be worth it because you're not going to get much better, and you're still going to tank, but you're going to get the, a little development with some of these young guys. Well, I think you're going to see that in the summer 2015 when Hinky actually stops the tanking and, and starts the, you know, the, the actual puts the team there that he wants to, that we're going to actually see for the next five years. I think you're going to start seeing the veterans there because they're going to have all these guys on the rookie contract with a lot of ca- salary cap space. And, and then I think you're going to start seeing, you know, what you're talking about for this year. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, they're, they're in a great situation right now. Uh, you, you said it perfectly. The salary, they're going to have a ton of money. And, you know, you, you, I think you're right with Hinky. I think he's going to build up all these players, and he's going to have these young players. He's going to see what best fits uh, the system that they're going to be running and one of them is going to go, and they're going to have that salary cap to go out and get, uh, you know, a big-name free agent that's going to be, you know, be that scoring, top-scoring option. And suddenly you're looking at a, a team that's going to be able to challenge with Cleveland in two, three years. Well, you know what's funny is last year everyone was so dead set against the true holiday um, for the New Orleans Noel pick that it ended up being – and it looks like one of the best uh, trades I've seen in the last five years now. After yeah. seeing Noel in the summer league, I mean, it, it looks like an absolute steal. At the time, you know, the, the, you know, whoever was covering the draft thought it was like, you know, they, they were all over the Sixers saying, what are they doing? You know, but right now it mm-hmm. looks brilliant. Well, the, the well, fact, the fa- oh, sorry, Mike. Yeah, well, Noel was going to be the number one pick if he came out that year if he didn't get yeah. hurt anyway. So, but my thing is, what happens if Embiid is hampered by injuries, uh, you know, with the back and the foot? And let's say Sarich never comes because there's no, it's not set in stone that Sarich is coming here in two or three years. He may say, I don't want to come. So now all of a sudden, Embiid, Embiid is kind of hampered by injuries. Sarich doesn't come. Now what's Hinky look like? 
Yeah, but you're still. I feel like you're still going to get the, the the way they're building up. I mean, the the stat that uh, the fact that they're getting Bennett and Bennett, I'm not completely sold on. It's but you're taking Bennett's this. Bennett, he stinks. You're ta- but he had a great summer league. He's out of shape, which boggles my. I mean, he was hurt a lot last year, but at the same time, he's he's still out of shape. He's coming back. He was getting better and better, and I don't know. I'm just I'm saying you have a lot of guys that are high risk. Uh, that are low risk, oh, high this, reward. This, this could be this could, in five years, like Mike said, this could pan out to be. It Stan could be Hickey great. Looks like a genius. Exactly, and that's the thing. I mean, you, you're putting yourself in a good situation, and you have the salary cap. Anthony Bennett, I like the trade because I, you know, you've yeah. got to get rid of Thad Young. Thad Young wasn't fitting you here. You need a wing player. Wing players drive the NBA. Look mm-hmm. at all the best players in the, in the league. They're all wing players. You need a good wing, like Mike said. And, yeah. and that's where that might come, guys. It, it, it might be an Embiid or a Noel to get someone like, you know, you know Durant. I'm not saying it's going to happen, yeah, but yeah, someone yeah. like yeah. Durant or that, or, or that wing player. And what I see in five years, guys, I see Cleveland and Philadelphia battling it out for about a two- or three-year window to see who goes to the NBA Finals. And when you've got someone like Noel and Embiid down low, that's kind of the LeBron James stopper right there. So I don't know if he can, he can's looking that much into the future – but that's kind of what I foresee, a great defensive team that can kind of shut down maybe LeBron on, you know, LeBron's, you know, two or three years left where he's in his prime in the NBA. Right. Um, what do you have on Nick Foles, Mike? Okay, real quick, guys. Um, and I've been saying this, it's not after this first preseason game. I've been uh, watching football, football hmm. for 30 years now, and when a quarterback – kind of comes out of nowhere and does this to the NFL, takes it by storm, throwing 27 touchdowns and two interceptions. That following year, all the defensive coordinators, the Eagles got everybody's attention now. And you take Deshaun Jackson out of the mix as your deep threat, and I know what I saw on you know the first preseason game, Chip Kelly's playing some vanilla offense, but I think Nick Foles is not the real deal. I am sorry – Yes, they're going to put up 40, 50 points against the Cowboys, the, the, you know, some of the worst defenses in the NFL. But when you put them up against Seattle, San Francisco, I am not sold on Nick Foles. And my question for you guys, are we looking at the Eagles with two, two receivers? I don't see Macklin or, or Riley Cooper as a number one threat. I'm sorry, I just don't see it. They're going to be able to run the ball. But at some point, defenses are going to start coming up to the line, and you need a number one receiver in the NFL. I just don't think Macklin or Cooper fit that bill. Now, Mike, do you mind if we put you on hold while, while we uh, sure, answer that sure, question? Sure, Thanks. All right, so Real go ahead, quick, Mike. Getting to Mike's point. I think the Eagles – well, first of all, concerning Nick Foles. I don't think Chip Kelly didn't draft Nick Foles, so I don't think he has any real allegiance. I think if Nick no. Foles doesn't play well for the first four or five games, yeah. I don't see any reason he won't go to Sanchez. Ugh. Sanchez to me was Rex Ryan was just like his dad buddy. They're all defensive oriented, mm-hmm. so I don't think the game plan really fits Sanchez in terms of a great offense in New York. So mm-hmm. with Chip Kelly's offensive innovation, I think Sanchez could be a guy who could flourish. I mean, he won six playoff games. Mark Sanchez can play. Um, you know, everyone remembers the butt fumble, things like that. But I don't think he's – I don't think Chip Kelly has an allegiance to Nick Foles. He didn't draft him. No, I so totally agree. So I think agree. he's got kind of a short lease. You know, if he, there, there's a little bit of pressure on Chip Kelly this year. Well, I totally agree. And I think that, you know, you look at Nick Foles, the, the thing that – all the flaws that everyone thought about him, you saw that in the pr- first preseason game, you know, putting too much air into the ball, not really yeah. snapping it out, a little behind, a little off. He, you're right. Uh, Mike was right. He did have Deshaun Jackson, who was able, to, and I remember Deshaun made some great catches to kind of to, to help, and then Deshaun was able to run after the after yep. the catch, and that was huge because you look at his yardage and you're like, there's a lot of little short yeah. passes. I, I think Zach Ertz is going to be a more integral part of the offense this year. Um, I, I think um, Sproles catching the ball in the backfield is going to, you know, is going to help Foles out. I think he has he has some decent weapons. I mean McCoy obviously alleviate some pressure. Obviously now the vertical getting downfield without Macklin hurts a little. I mean, without, I'm sorry, Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson yeah. hurts a little bit. Um, but I, I still think, you know, who, who did Tom Brady, other than the year with Randy Moss, yeah. who did Tom Brady really have to stretch the field? No. Deion Brands, you know, they were guys catching the ball over the middle. So you could still win games like that. Who, who, does, um, who, did, Manning, who does Manning really have to, to go deep? I mean, 
Damaris Thomas Damaris is Thompson, pretty fast, yeah, but he's yeah. more of a, a big uh, yeah. guy, get up there and, I, and I grab the ball. I still think losing to Sean, you always hear Chip Kelly say, big guys beat up little guys. Mm-hmm. And I think that with his contract and his attitude and his size, I think Chip Kelly said, you know what? We're going to go a different direction. We yeah. want a little bit of a bigger receiver. Um, I think I think in Chip Kelly's mind too, bringing in Sproles is going to, you know, catch some, some wheel routes and things like that. Um, you know, I, I again, am I sold on Nick Foles? I need to see I need to see him do it one more year. Well, Jordan Matthews, uh, you, you know, he came out and his first preseason game wasn't wasn't terrific. I'm still I'm still big on him just from what I've heard about him and and what I've heard about you know seeing people or heard people talking about him in camp and. The, guy, the fact that the guy is like he, he just wants to get better. That's what it that's what it looks like to me. Is that you know he might not impress that much this year, but down the road he's going to be a stud. And I, I I like that about him because he he wants to get better. He's he's right. asking the right people the right questions. Now now like Mike said, ever and, and you hear everyone say this. Well, the the NFL has had a chance to see Nick Foles for a year. Well, Chip Kelly's also had a chance to see these defenses for a year. Yeah. You know, so you kind of, you know, I kind of, I kind of look at it like that too. Chip Kelly's a smart enough coach, I think, that okay, they're doing this, we're going to try this. Mm-hmm. They're taking this away, let's try this. Mm-hmm. So you know, and, and again, everyone says the you know the defenses now have a year they've caught up with them. Well, I, I think that Chip Kelly's a, a smart dude where he can say, okay, well, you're going to do this, let's do this. And I think this is what, and I, I mean, well, no. well, think about it too. I mean, teams have had teams have had years and years to game plan for Drew Brees yeah. and Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. And they still do it. And they still do it. So who's to say Nick Foles can't be in that? I mean, obviously he's not in that category, but yeah. who's to say in a couple years that he can't be? Well, you look at a guy like, uh, you look like a guy like Belichick, and, you know, he made, you don't know how good Tom Brady's going to be in a different different system. Now am I comparing Nick Foles to Tom Brady? Like, no, of course not. But at the same time, you look at a guy like, you know, you look at a coach who has that high-profile you know, offensive mind where he's looking to make those. He, he he's a schemer. He understands the game. He understands how to get people open and how to put take pressure off your quarterback. And I think that's what Chip Kelly has done a good job. There's really not that much pressure on on Nick Foles, and that's what I. I mean, people put. I think the media is putting pressure on Nick Foles. Nick Foles, I don't think he's feeling as much pressure as he would say in a St. Louis or a place where yeah. they're throwing and, Look, and is, he needs to get the, the ball down the field. Is he going to? Is he going to? Is he going to go twenty-seven and two this year? No. Absolutely not. But I think having Shady McCoy, yeah. is really going to help. Um, you know the play action. Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking about with Darren Sproles too. Sproles yeah, out of the back, you know. Sproles out of, you know, and you're, I think you're going to see a lot of sets where Sproles and, and uh, McCoy line up in the backfield in different formations. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're going to do a lot with that. Um, you know, little wheel routes, catching the ball on the flat. Now you're going to have McCoy and Sproles match up against linebackers. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I Again, I don't think Foles, if Foles has a bad four or five games, I don't think he'll hesitate to go to Sanchez. No. It's not his, he didn't draft, it's not his guy, he didn't draft him. I don't think he has much allegiance in You know, he doesn't show, he doesn't have to show, in my opinion, that much allegiance to him. You know, what the, like all this is just getting me like hyped about football. And I... Listen, I'm a fall guy. I love the fall because, well, it's just like the everything's there. I mean, listen, the Phillies have been playing some exciting baseball, and I love the Phillies, and I'll watch them every night. I went to the game on Friday night. They almost came back. They came back on Thursday night. They almost came back last night, uh-huh. and then they came back today. Well, why are you excited? Why are you, why, I, well, I don't understand. Why am I, I watching the Phillies? Yeah, but how do you get excited about them? So they win a game in the ninth inning. They still, they're still so horrible. Fun. See, this is what – all right, we're going to get into this first because this is a topic that I've – I think, you know, this is why I think Jimmy Rollins is right. Philadelphia fans are front runners. What are you joking on? Go ahead. What is, go- uh, what is going on? <laughs> Get in. Go ahead. What, seriously, what is you- I think something like dinner still from an hour ago. Go ahead. All right, Jimmy Rollins is right. So he's right. front runners. That was the weirdest thing. I'm just looking over. You're, you've been talking the entire time. You haven't been chewing. <laughs> you're chewing something. I'm like, what are you, pulling, pulling food out of your pocket? Like, there's nothing in front of you. All right, so Jimmy Rollins, I think, was right. Jimmy Rollins, in terms of that he – Jimmy – he said Philadelphia fans are front runners. I'm talking to my brother the other night. We were at the game together. He's right. Because, not right. Because here's no. the thing. People are they're, – they're if, if you look at it and you go – you're looking at the attendance – People want to see winners. I get that. Kev, look, look you, at me. Here, here's me, though. 
I love the Philly. I love, I'm always going to watch the Philly, regardless of if they're bad, well, they're good. That, that, I was there in the 80s. You were there in the 80s. We were at the games. I was at every game in the 80s. Kev, look, you're not going to tell – look, I, I survived from 86 to 91 or mm-hmm. 92. I went through the Ricky Jordan and Sid Manji days. I, you know, like, to me, Jimmy Rollins, we want to – I think Philly fans want to see teams produce. No yeah. one's going to – obviously, nobody's going to go to the game if when there's suck. 20 games under 500. Nobody, nobody's going to go to the game. Uh-huh. Now, if there are three games out, yes, people are going to the game because they want to see winning. I think they, they want to spend their hard-earned money on winning baseball. Why am I going to go to the park and spend take a family of four, spend $250 for a team that stinks and watch Kyle Kendrick pitch? Yeah, but it's – and granted, I totally agree with the, that statement because they, the, the, what they're charging right now for ticket prices is outrageous. Uh, baseball t- – they're charging – and I've heard a lot of people say this – they're charging – uh, top rate, top flight prices for second rate baseball, and that's it's 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 true. Now I totally agree with that. My thing is this: in just talking to people and here looking on Twitter, people just don't even watch the games. People are just like, "Oh, the Phillies yeah. stink." I'm not going to like that's that yeah. to me. That's a problem. See, I think you have your diehard fans, yeah, and then you have fans who, if they're winning, they'll watch because they just want to be a part of something exciting. Correct. But I think that's every city. I mean, they're, they're front you, look like, at the, you look at the Yankees, though. The Yankees are in last, you know, second to last place. Look at the Red Sox; they're in last place. No, the, Red Sox, are, Red Sox, and Cardinals. But if you look, look at it, look at like Tampa Bay. Yeah. Okay. They have nobody in the stadium all year long. Mm-hmm. They go to the World Series against the Phillies in 2008. It's packed. So, I, I think that's I think that's every sport. No, I totally agree. And you or know, every we, city. if we start comparing the Floridas and the Tampa Bays, they're not baseball cities. Philadelphia has been a baseball city for so long that. It kind of it's it's disappointing because Boston, the Red Sox, the Yankees, they 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 are both struggling right. this year, and they're both selling out right. each game but because I, people just want to see baseball. Right. But I think Philly fans are knowledgeable in terms of okay, you stink, you're not fooling. So us. are Boston, you're so not, are Philadelphia, you're or not, so are New York. Kev, have you have you watched a New York a New York uh, Yankees game? There's nobody at the games. It's it's more crowded than the Philly. Well, all the, all there's nobody at the games, and especially behind home plate where the seats are like twenty five, yeah. and there's nobody there. Well, that's the problem. They're they're doing the same thing. They're charging ridiculous amounts of uh, ridiculous prices. People are still Yankees fans, and people are still Boston fans, even though they're they're struggling right now. That's what I'm saying. It's just, Oakland A fans don't know. They couldn't name three players on their team. You know what's funny? The the fact that I looked through and we after we talked about this, I was looking through the Oakland A's, and I was like shocked at how good. They were for so long, like Reggie Jack. They were yeah. winning. They won so oh, many titles. Were, oh, I'm oh, like in the seventies. They yeah, they were unbelievable. Blue and all the, Yeah, they were. They were great. I'm yeah. looking at. I'm just like this team was unbelievable. Like how did? And then they then they won with McGuire and then they went in like yeah in eighty nine. Yeah, McGuire and that was yeah. the, uh, the the earthquake. The earthquake against yeah. the Giants. Yeah. So that's crazy to me that, that how many. <laughs> How many? How good Oakland is, and and how people still just look at them like you suck. Now, Ryan Howard. Okay, we're getting let's do it. Well, what, what, we're getting on to it. To me, now. Ryan Howard, he needs to shut his mouth. Mm-hmm. He sounds like he sounds like McNabb more and more every. I used to love Ryan Howard. I hate him every time he opens his mouth. Now, he sounds more and more like Ryan, uh, like Don McNabb. Oh, you forget what I did for the team. You guys forget. No, dude, we didn't forget. That was great. But 2008, when you won the MVP in 2006, was he MVP in 2000? To whatever. That's, yeah. that's six, eight years ago. You're making $25 million a year, dude. $25 million a year. Now, here's, here's where we're, we're going to ex- have a severe he, difference. He's got great numbers. He's got great numbers this year uh-huh. for someone making $12 million a year. Okay. Now, look at the best first baseman in baseball. It, if you, okay. And, I'll look and at Cabrera. He, okay. Pool. I mean, I'll, let's look at – okay. The, the best – and this is this is what happens in baseball, and this is what we're talking about with some of these salaries uh, kind of being you're you're paying someone for what they've already done, and I think that's is it wrong? Yes, I totally agree. The twenty five million is is pretty absurd, and that's what a lot of people harp on. My thing is this: that's you're, what you have to look at though. Yeah, I totally I, I agree, and I'm looking, but I'm thinking Ryan Howard is still is, is still at the top of of the first baseman in you know at least in the National League, he's one of the top. Five first basemen. So, <laughs> so he he has to have people have to understand that. I understand that twenty five million people get pissed. My thing about this is with Ryan Howard is this: Ryan Howard gets completely misjudged based on the media. 
Now, I think, and I'm, and I say this because I always defend athletes. I'm, I'm always going to ha- err on the side of the athlete because I was one, and I understand kind of how the media sometimes fluctuates and says things that aren't 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 particularly uh, right to to almost feed their whole their whole entire you know egotist egotist whatever. My thing is this: Ryan Howard. He's talking to the media. I don't think he's talking to the fans of Philadelphia. And obviously, the the media is a is an outlet and things like that. And it's it's a go between between the fans and the and the player. At the same time, the media you have some jerks in the media. You have some people in the media who are who are acting irresponsibly. And I'll put it this way: because what they're doing is they're putting Ryan Howard. Based on how he conducts his interviews, based on what he says, Ryan Howard is getting a poor shake. And well, I'm, saying, looking, I'm looking at two lists right now of, for top first base in 2014, and I'm not seeing Ryan Howard's name anywhere. Okay, what's Ryan Howard batting right now? He's batting like 242. But I'm looking at his power numbers, which is what you're paying how many Ryan Howard. 16? No. He, Ryan Howard's got, hold on, let me look this up. Because Ryan Howard right now, He's still on base on pace to get like thirty something home runs and like a hundred RBIs, which is which is exactly what you're what you want from a power hitter right now. Wait a second, twenty five million dollars a year. You got to you got to hit forty home runs. Hold on, let me look. I mean, what's his what are his numbers this year? Two thousand fourteen. Where's we at? Games one hundred and eleven. And he's and they said they um, he's had the most opportunities for RBIs in in uh, Major League Baseball yeah, this year. Okay. How many home runs? How can I not be? Oh shit! He only has eighteen home runs. Okay, eighteen, All right, 18 home, runs. home runs, seventy-one RBIs. Okay. So he's on pace for about. I mean, Kev, there, there's a month and a half left of baseball. Yeah. He's on pace for. 26 home runs, 27 home runs. And here's the thing, I th- but here's – Ryan Howard's numbers, compa- and I'm looking at the, the past few years, and obviously he was hurt for most of those years, 11 home runs, 14 home runs, 43 RBIs, 56 RBIs. He's producing – I, I think he's producing at a good pace right now. I think he's doing how, what you but want. How, but how many of his home runs are there up 7-1 in the eighth inning, and he hits a home run? He hits a lot of those. He hits a lot of Mike Schmidt home runs, too. Okay, well, here's here's my thing. Ryan Howard, the, how he's performing, people are, are blasting him and talking about how he's the worst and, and get rid of him and he's he's horrible and he's done no, doing no, this. No, no, see, I disagree. But, I disagree. But I disagree. Look, at the, look at the what the media is portraying right, him as. But, and you look at and what the sound bites that come out are, 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 are wait, Ryan Howard wait, saying. Wait a second. Wait okay, a second. go ahead. Why is he getting blasted recently? Because of his, play, of his comments. Because of his players' comments. His comments. His comments. If Ryan Howard comes out and says, guys, I stink right now. I stink. I deserve to be booed. I'm not, I'm not playing like a $25 million a year player. I need, to, I need to start hitting more home runs. I need to start driving in more runs, and I need to start producing for this team. And right now I stink. If he says that, Kev, nobody's saying a word about him. But, here's but the for thing. him to say, oh, you guys, you guys don't understand. Oh, oh and, and he, gives, he, gives you this, he gives you this line. Oh, you guys, uh, try, being a, try walking in my shoes. Here's, I'd love to walk in shoes that wear $25 million. Because to make this 25. Is, no, this Kev, is, no, he's but playing here, a game that everybody loves. Here's what and, you're, for here's, anybody, and for anybody who says I play baseball for free, it's full of shit, too. Okay, you're, you're, I agree. You're, you're misconstruing. I'm saying Ryan Howard is in a, in, is in a room every, after every game with a right. pe- group of people who are writing bad yep. things about him, who are saying bad things about him, yep. and he's going, I'm still doing like pretty good. For you guys to, to but here's the thing, but for you guys to sit there and blast me all the time, I'm still doing pretty well. So I'm talking yeah, he's to. He's doing and, pretty well for a guy making twelve million dollars a year. But, You're making twenty five million dollars a year. You need to have twenty. What are the what's the league leader? All right, go ahead. Go I don't. Ahead. Know. Well, my thing is this. Okay, so Ryan Howard's sitting there talking to a room full of people, and he's saying, "You guys," he's saying, "You guys like need to remember what I've done before." I don't think he's sitting there saying, "Hey, Philadelphia fans." You are a bunch of a-holes. Remember what I've, what I've done for you. I don't think he's saying that. He's sitting in a room full of the media saying, you guys are writing this about me. You're, you're, you're putting this out in the radio, and you're saying, Would you, and you don't remember what I've done for the city. And he's, I, he, when he says, listen, you, you guys would, uh, would tra- – or like I would trade – what did he say? He said something about trading, trading lies. He was talking – he was answering a question 
from a Philadelphia beat writer. And he was saying that to that writer, like you would trade places, you know, trade places with me. And I'm thinking he's saying that to that individual yeah, but when person. When you say you guys, like to me, I feel like I get the, the, the media is a conduit of the fans. And to me, I feel like he's saying that to everyone. Like you guys forget. And when he says you guys, I feel like I'm lumped into that. But this is why, and this is why, and here's my biggest thing with the media. People are sheep. I don't care what you say. People are sheep because they'll just, they don't, listen, not everyone's sitting there on the ground floor. Not everyone's watching every game like the media. The media are the people who are speaking for the fans. Now, however, when the media speaks based on prior comments and they start holding grudges and they start saying things based on, the fact that they might not feel that, that strongly personally about a player, they're putting themselves out there and they're saying things that are irresponsible to this to this the fans because they're okay. gonna whatever the, they put out there, the fans are gonna believe because okay. they know better than we do. Okay. That's my no, biggest thing. Okay. And Ryan Howard saying, "I would trade places with you." He's talking about a media member who is making and like listen. For, the, for this guy who's getting paid to sit there and watch a game and write a story about that's his job. Okay, he gets paid to watch. Let's... He gets paid one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollars to write about it. Shit, I would trade places with him if I'm Ryan Howard for a day. Trade places with me for a day. I'll sit there. All I have to do is write, and I get paid two hundred thousand dollars. I'm up there doing what what point three two percent of the population can do, and I'm doing it better than a lot of them. Let me ask you a question: Is Ryan Howard producing the, like the way he should be this year? Okay, your pause says no. Now, to me. All you have to say when a reporter says, blah, 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 I'm not playing well right now. I'm not playing up to my abilities. When you come out and say, oh, you guys forget, like he's so defensive, like he's Don McNabb all over again. Come out and say, I suck right now. People will respect you more. You won't get grilled in the media all the time. Every person comes up to you and goes, uh, you know, Ryan, you, know, you went 0 for 3 with, uh, with, with two strikeouts and a, and a pop-up. I stink right now, guys. I'm not playing well. I'm not hitting the ball the way I should be. I need to get in the cage. I need to start working more, and I need to correct this. I stink. That's all he has to say. That's all he's saying. He doesn't have to come out and BS and go, oh, right away, you forget what I did. No, we don't forget, Ryan. You know, I don't forget what Babe Ruth did either, but that's 70 years ago. I don't care what you did in 2008. I care what you do now, and that's what sports is now. What have you done for me lately? Lately meaning the next game. No, I listen. I'm I'm with you on that, and and we're 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 on the same page. My biggest thing is this: I do I think Ryan Howard is is an all star this year? No, but at the same time, Ryan Howard I don't think is deserving of the the complete and utter bashing that's taking place in the city. People are just compl- I mean, the, the, it's unfair to him to kind of talk about when the guy. What do you care? Because it's 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 not. For for him, uh, listen. I'm what just do you saying. So when Ryan Howard comes back in ten, twenty years, when they come back and they honor the two thousand, he's going to get a standing ovation. Yeah, he's going to get a standing ovation. Right now, he sucks. Listen, he's got eighteen home runs. He's, ba- he's making twenty five mil a year. Up until a couple weeks ago, he had three or four doubles. Dude, you got to produce when you're making that money. You, when you're making twenty five mil a year, the the limelight is the the spotlight is on you every game. Every game. That's what makes Jordan great. Kobe, Tiger, guys like that. Because guess what? Jordan was making $33 million a year, and he was the best player in the league. Okay, well, hold on. You just, you just, started, you just started throwing some Tiger at me. I just got confused. No, dude, t- don't get me wrong. Tiger was the best golfer in the world for, for seven years. He's not anymore. Or 14 years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Uh, you know, I'm not saying Tiger wasn't great. Tiger was great. The key word being was. Tiger's washed. He's done. We're, we're, we're definitely going to get into that. Listen, my thing with the Ryan Howard is this. He's, he, I think he's, what he has done this year is not, and, and everyone just keeps going back to the $25 million. And granted, yes, that's, that's, it's tough. If he was making $12 million, nobody said But Ryan Howard, it's not like Ryan Howard, Ryan Howard's career is kind of dwindling down. He's getting older. I don't think he's going out there and saying, I don't think he's going out there and just being like, whatever, I don't care. I'm, I'm worried about getting this, this resort up in Florida. I'm worried about my house. I don't think he's doing that. I think he's doing the best of his ability. He got paid $25 million. He It's not his fault. It's not, it's his, not fault. his fault no, that not, he got paid $25 million. Not, so for, for But you have to then take the criticism that comes along with $25 million. You do have to take the criticism. But at the same time, when, when you're producing to where you think that 
you're still a cleanup, good cleanup hitter on a on a you know whatever or whatever team they are. You're still a good cleanup hitter. He's pr- he's still a clutch clutch player. Uh, you look at what he did at the end of the uh, past few games. He's he's won the past. I mean, single handedly, either kept them in the game or won the past, for the past week. He's been he's been on a hot streak. They, he's he said that same thing. He said baseball is a game of streaks. I'm going to be back. What I don't understand. Like I just look at it, this is never going to happen to Derek Jeter. And granted, obviously they're they're different players, but we look at we've already done this whole entire comparison with Derek Jeter. He's a great player. Jimmy Rollins might get three thousand hits. Like what Derek Jeter is great because he's a great defensive player. He played in New York and he was a class act. So that, oh, he's a great player too. I mean, he's a great player, but we we're looking at like we're looking at Jimmy Rollins like Derek Jeter three thousand hits. Obviously, one of the best ever played the game. I'm not taking that away from baseball's him. highest played players. Is I click it. I click on it, <laughs> and, and, and picture of Ryan Howard comes up first. So when you're the highest paid player in baseball, you got to produce. All right, you have to produce, and, right. and right now he's not. My whole thing, Kev, is look. I like Ryan Howard. I don't like the stuff he's been saying recently. All you have to come out and say is Philly fans will respect. You can't BS Philly fan. Philly fans. That's one thing you can't do. No, you can't BS Philly fans. When he comes out, if you come out and say, I suck right now, I'm bad, I deserve, Rhino's right, I deserve to be benched for three games. Hopefully I can get back in the lineup and I can produce and get back on track to the way I was a couple years ago. But as of right now, I'm not producing and I'm just not playing well. Come out and say that and, and fans will respect you more. Don't come out and start, don't come out and start and, and, and insulting our intelligence by giving us BS. You, don't, you guys tend to forget what I did. And this and that, and walk a day in my shoes. No, come out and say I stink. I'll, okay. I'll respect you more, and you won't get blasted. But the, okay. Oh, I, I listen. Andy Pettit. You're, you're, Andy Pettit did, did start or HGH or whatever. Uh-huh. Right? He comes out and apologizes. Jason Giambi. Yeah. Nobody knows. Nobody remembers they did anything. Yeah. It's the jackasses like Clemens and Bonds and Sosa and Palmyra who are denying it to the high heavens. And now that's all we talk about is how those guys are jackasses. Yeah, I agree. I listen. Just come out and be honest with us. That's all. That's all. Just come out and be honest and say I stink, and I'll respect you more. Okay, and and I totally I agree. As a fan, a lot of us, you know, there there are people who de- definitely know. But my thing is, you you people are going to believe what they read. So we can sit there and say that we're that we're the most intelligent fan base and we know everything that's going on. We're but, not. Yeah. But at the same time. You don't know everything that's going on. That's what the media does. Now, the media is portraying Ryan Howard in a negative way. I think a lot of it has to do with comments he's made and interactions but, but he's had with them. But how is the media portraying Ryan Howard in a negative way? Because the, those are the things... Because that, he's not... The, the because media, they're, they're the ones who are egging him on and, and, and saying well, this. I don't know if egging him on is right. I think the media... I, if Ryan Howard goes over for 4... The media is going to say, "Yeah, Ryan, you didn't have a good game today. You went over four. You know what's going on?" Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think that's taking them on. I think that's just stating a fact of what the media just saw. And to me, if he went four for four with two home runs and a double, you know, and drove in seven runs, the media is going to say, "Ryan, great, that's a great game." You know, uh, what went? Th- you know, how were you seeing the ball tonight? Tell us a little bit about how you were able to see the ball tonight. Yeah, but when you write comment, when you write articles for the for, for weeks and weeks leading up to the trade deadline, saying this guy is 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 just a complete waste of money. He's half the player he was. He needs to be traded. No one's going to take his enormous contract because he stinks. Okay. And he's, and he's, it, it, and so, so, okay. Tell me what, tell me what is false in those statements. <laughs> well, really, tell me what's false in those statements. The media's job is to, to give their opinion of what they see and what's going on. I don't. Know. It sounds like I'm hating on Ryan Howard. I'm not. No, I uh, no. I like what you, I see. I see what you're saying because we're you know Mike and I are playing playing two different parts right. There are two different sides of the argument right now, and I totally, I I I hear what he's saying. Jesus, it's getting really dark there, and they yeah, still I don't have. Think, I'm going to finish. I think I think they have like six or seven holes left. Yeah, because I it's, just it's I getting just, backed up because. Are they? There's no way they're going to finish. That's it's dusk right now. They said nine. They said about nine o'clock it should finish, and it gets dark there like eight thirty, eight or eight thirty or something. They're on the fifteenth hole right now. They still have three holes, and it's dusk. There's no way they're finishing. And if they do, it's a little irresponsible considering how many more. How much? How much? How much you know? How much is at stake? This is not like you know. This is a major. So, it, and you have a, like a really tight leaderboard. Yeah. So, okay. My thing, and this is what I, this is my final argument on the Ryan Howard thing. 
as an athlete, it's 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 obviously very difficult. You get paid a, a price to to perform, and I get that, and I understand that. At the same time, people who work other jobs, they deal with they they have criticism, they have you know bitching and complaining and things like that, and I get that. Yeah, they yeah, not no, don't I, I they get don't get, yeah. they don't get it on the scale that that Ryan Howard gets it, and they also don't get paid what Ryan Howard gets paid. Still, the fact that if you have someone at your work who's constantly picking on and picking on and picking on and picking on, or, and, and that's what everyone sees, and everyone sees your persona is this guy who now stinks, it's not really fair to him because he doesn't stink. He still has enough pop in his bat. He's still doing right. – he's proved that he's still, still that, a very but, good but, first baseman. His comments, as, as, un, as upsetting as they may, may be for some people – his comments are, are, are rational because he's talking about talking to a group of people who are just blasting him every single day. There's no, there's no, you know, what did Ryan Howard, uh, what can Ryan Howard, will Ryan Howard ever be the same? Could he be no positive articles at all? Only blasting. Yeah. The, the bottom line is in, in professional sports, everybody sees what's going on. Nobody's going into an accountant's office and say, you know, you don't have fans watching. Oh, a second. Wait. You didn't put that in the accounts receivable ledger. You got to, you know, you know. <laughs> There's a decimal there, right, dipshit. Right. Like, you don't have people obviously doing that, but accountants also aren't making, most accountants aren't making, you know, yeah. two to $25 million a year either. You're right. So, you know, look, and I know everyone says, oh, I'd play, you know, Ryan Howe, I'd play, I'd play yeah, professional I'd play baseball for free. for free. You're full of shit. You wouldn't play for free. Liar. You wouldn't play for free. Yeah, you play for, play for free until that first. <laughs> Until that first mortgage payment's due. Right. You're living on the friggin' street. Yeah, no, you wouldn't play for free. Can, I, can I stay in the locker room? Because I, <laughs> I can't afford it. And I can't do anything else because if I want to play baseball, people are idiots. They yeah, just are. I know. Yeah, when they say that. but um, I, th- I just look at it and say oh. people, people who follow, you know, the, people read a lot. Put and that they, down. Sorry. <laughs> people read a lot and, they, and they, that's what, what makes their opinion. So, Philadelphia, I look at Ryan Howard, and I still see, uh, and I still do remember what he's done. I'm not, I, I can't sit there and, and, and in the, for the life of me say, you know what, Ryan Howard, you stink, I hate you, because that's what he's saying. Like, I can't, I won't ever do that. But the media is, is almost in trying to tell the people, this guy stinks, you should, you should, you should hate him as much as we do. And that's not fair, the, because... Ryan Howard deserves, and he's right. You forget what I do. I understand what what's it do, what have you done for me lately, and it's frustrating. And it, you all get that frustration at the end of a long season. But at the same time, like you have to you have to look back to to 2008, what he's done for you, and you have to think about Ryan Howard as that elite player. Yes, he's making 25 million, and that goes against him. And yes, he probably should choose his. But Ryan player. Howard goes. Uh, you guys forget what I did in 2008. No, you don't. No, we didn't. There was two million people to parade. We obviously remembered. But guess what? As soon as October 31st, as soon as that parade was over, 2008 didn't matter anymore. It's now about 2009. Yeah. And then it's about 2010. Uh-huh. And now it's 2014. And he's not producing like he's – I'm not even going to say like he's capable of because I don't know what he's capable of anymore mm-hmm. with the injuries. You see him run? I think they should do a charity thing. Ryan Howard races Albert Pujols like 200 <laughs> yards. That'd be the funniest thing of all time. You've ever seen, have you seen Ryan? Have you ever seen Albert Pujols try to run? It's hysterical. It's hysterical. Or they should do a thing. Um, ben Revere stands on the warning track, okay, and tries to throw out Albert Pujols at second base. That would be a. It, it would be like the two worst center field or two worst outfield arms have to throw from the warning track right. and try to throw out Albert Pujols or Ryan Howard. Right. That would be that would be an interesting contest. I wonder if uh, oh, Renee, the, Renee or by, uh, or Dave get us by, get us by, get us going on there. By, by the way, yeah, this whole new thing with all the uh, with all the, there's gonna be a new list of steroid guys coming out. So oh whole God! Thing, don't be surprised if Pujols' name isn't on that list. Don't, don't. What, you got an inside you got an no, inside horse. No, no. Here's my inside horse. My eyes. Look at him when he was a rookie, and look at him now. Now that's and I totally agree. And I was gonna now we'll, we'll kind of use that as a segue to kind of what we're what. Another conversation we're going to have. Tiger Woods. That, 
that was that was bad. What he what how he looked the other day that was bad. I've never well, seen. Dude, well, dude, when he's, he he looks what, awful. What the Bridgestone when he got when he like um on my back like oh get the paramedics tie like. Look, look at all the golfers right now. Like, look at the young golfers: Roy, Roy McIlroy, Sergio Garcia, Jason. Uh, not not Sergio; he's the daughter of Tiger, but Jason Day, Fowler. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got all these young guys. Guys aren't afraid of Tiger Woods. Like these new guys coming up, they've heard about Tiger. They haven't seen it. Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson. <laughs> Dustin Johnson. Um, you know, he's married. Is he married or dating Gretzky's daughter? Oh, uh, for real. Have you seen Gretzky's daughter? Yeah, she's she's pretty smoking. Oh my god! I don't know if they're going to be married anymore. About to get two minute, five minute major <laughs> right there. Right there. A little, little ass kicking. But uh, like these guys haven't seen what they've heard about it. But I think there's a difference between actually being on the course uh-huh. and having Tiger just run away and intimidating people than to actually hear about it. And these young guys, they're, they they don't. Dude, Ricky yeah. Fowler was in Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler was sucking his thumb when Tiger was winning. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not even saying about. Uh, Tiger under pressure. Tiger was the first and second day where he's just trying to make a cut yeah, and bad. remain close yeah, before he can he can get his chase. Well, on. What do you think? What do you think? Do you think it's injury? Do you think it's in his head? Do you think his driver stinks right now? Yeah, he looks. I think it's part injury. I think it's part head, and I think it's, if we're, we're going to go another part, yeah. it's going to be part. He I, and this is I was gonna I was gonna mention this because I saw they showed footage. Obviously, as soon as Tiger gets there, there's footage. There's footage of tiger getting out of his rental car and it was it like he gets out there's no smile on his face he looks over his he's like his caddy said he's like let's get you know he said something like let's it seemed like he's like pissed off and we talked about it before it's it's the when, when you're not when you're not getting it every night by you know god knows who it could affect his hat. I mean, Tiger doesn't look happy at all. He doesn't look happy to be out there playing. He doesn't look like he enjoys it in the slightest bit. And it just seems like either he's burned out on it or he needs to find some kind of uh, release for his for his anger so he can actually enjoy playing golf again. And I think part of it's the injury. Yeah, Tiger's putter used to be money, too. Yeah. I mean, when when he was lining up like a 10-footer, like it was almost just counting. And I have no confidence he's going to make a putt anymore. I have no, I have no confidence he's going to hit a decent drive. Um, I, don't know. I don't know. I just, I just, it's, it's disappointing to me because I'm looking at it saying, uh, you know, we, we, we go through and, and I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's, it's frustrating, and I, I get discouraged because we have this bet going on. And it, it just gets frustrating because I look at Tiger as, as what he was. And this is the same thing. I mean, this is what I do as an, as an athlete. We talked about it with Ryan Howard. I look at Tiger for what he was and just wish that he could get back there because it was, it was so, so exciting. And as a fan, that's what I loved. And I think that's what a lot of people, when we talked about that with Ryan Howard, that's what a lot of people are thinking. They want Ryan Howard back to that way. I, I look at Tiger and say, I want Tiger back to where, you know, he could – he, he he's up there and it's exciting again. And I think that's what's hurting golf is there's not that tiger. And you talked about it. If McElroy doesn't win this, then there's not that tiger again. It's just that random guys are winning. I mean, how boring people don't like the world series because it's rare that the same team wins day in and day out. People like the NBA and the NBA got hot because it's like the Spurs are winning or Cleveland's winning or Miami was, was winning. And now Cleveland's going to be – it's like that's what makes it exciting is people root for – when you have that one team over and over again. And I think people either hated Tiger because they wanted him to lose because he was winning all the time, or now they're kind of like Tiger uh, for the same reason. So I get frustrated. I would like to see Tiger back there. I don't know if it's going to happen. And looking at the – I know the Little League – we had a we had it perfectly timed, too. The Little League World Series is set up at the same time as uh, – oh, Jesus. Well, who was that? Uh, Ricky Fowler just hit one onto the. Uh, it would have been a great <laughs> shot if it was on the 16th. <laughs> Your tee shot. Oh my God! At least he, at least mine would go on the opposing fairway. I had a better <laughs> shot. So uh, yeah, it's it's frustrating to me. Now you know we're looking at the Little League World Series is lined up. How's Chinese Taipei or Japan? Now I don't. I, I hear Chinese Taipei and Japan. I hear they're uh, the odds on favors. They're out. They're right now. They're working hard, taking grounders right now. <laughs> 
they're out oh, there in dusk. In dusk, take, they're not afraid. Of, like they're PGA's not afraid, gonna yeah. cancel. They're out there at they're midnight like, taking. That. Yeah, they don't yeah, care. Let's do this. I was watching. I was watching the Little League World Series the other day because now I have a uh, vested interest <laughs> because of this whole entire bet. So that's it's pretty frustrating uh, that. And I just don't see. Well, I'm, and you're I'm right. One, I'm one to know against bets. I'm one to know in our bets right now. You as are of, as of as of late. This one, this one. I'm looking strong at two. You are two, looking, and, two and two is looking pretty strong. Now we obviously Mike and I have bets that could take years. This one might just take. This, one this might, might take over. a few months because if if Japan or Chinese Taipei win, I'm finished. And I think even if they don't win, I still might be finished. I don't know if Tiger's going to recover because I, I say that every year. There's there's four majors and and he looked. He did not even wasn't even close. He's to under par in his last nine out of eleven tournaments. He's under par. I mean, I'm sorry, over, over par. par. I'm yeah, sorry, over par. It's bad. We got Don from Fairfax. Don, we'll uh, we'll talk to you for for a quick second, and we got a oh geez, I haven't even done the sponsors yet. Don, what's up? How are you? Oh, hey, no, for just some quick breaking news. Uh, Don, you there? Got a call? Yeah, I am. Can you, you hear me? Bike? Don. Yeah. Yeah, we'll put him on hold. All right, so Don from Fairfax. Uh, he. He might have, be having technical issues. We'll, we'll, we'll get him back in a second. Now, going back into the uh, – let's, let's first hit, this, hit these sponsors before uh, we stop having money to do the show. Uh, we Maybe let, our sponsors cut the show off early. <laughs> like, they didn't mention this yet. They're like, they all right. Blog talk, cut them off. Don from Fairfax. Doop. All right, you're now in the match of zone. Uh show brought to you tonight by Foam Pack, supplier of all Graco products. Just a phone call away, 888-458-2928. Integrated play and Renee Show. If you're an athlete looking to transition into a career outside the athletic competition, contact Renee, 269-760-3857. Uh, I know, you know, we talked to Alex uh, Awumi last week and, you know, talked to him a little bit after Kev, the Kev, show. I'm sorry. Rory McIlroy is now in the lead. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, he was just. It looks a lot. Bri- it looks. Three. It looks a lot brighter right now than it did on that other well, shot. It, it looks, looks like a lot it, brighter for Rory right now. He was just three shots back. He's up one. Fowler's. Fowler's. Uh, I feel like I've been watching this putt take place for the past twenty minutes. Kev, they're only on the fourteenth. Oh, for Christ's sake! It looks really bright though. Uh, and finally, Crossover Realty, specializing in off-campus housing at Temple University, also a full-service real estate company located in Philadelphia. Check them out at CrossRiverRealty.com. Two six seven four six zero five seven three seven. Before we uh, kind of wrap things up What's tonight, that? is Don there? Don, Don, you there? I'm here. You guys there? No, they, the sponsors. Maybe he'll maybe he'll come back on next week when the sponsors give us some more. Uh, when they when they kind of boost us, get our phone lines working again. When they start paying, when they remember to pay the phone bill after we remember to say their names. Uh, so what Mike and I wanted to also announce uh, to you. Uh, we're, we did. We're engaged. We're yes. Uh, all all proceeds can be can be made to. Well, I don't even know what they call that. All thank you, congratulatory gifts can be sent to the Matchup Zone at gmail dot com. Uh, we we did the first annual uh, Great Pumpkin Face Off last year. It was it was awesome. It was fun. Uh, you know, we we had a, a whole lot of people who listened to it. We didn't get as many people in terms of coming out and watching and. Uh, participating and we kind of looked at it as you know we're, we're we have a bunch of a you know this there was me you we had dave and robert producer and engineer out there doing it too and it's like people were like why am i going to come out and watch you drink beer while i'm paying for beer right on point taken and we're going to do something about that this year this year on october 25th it's a saturday we are going to have the great pumpkin face off it will be at a different location, uh, a different bar in uh, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. We'll announce that uh, pretty soon. And we will be having it where you come out and you can actually be part of the contest. You can come out. We'll have samples of all the beers that we're going to be sampling for those people who come out and, and uh, join us that night. There will be a cover fee to get in, and that will give you a wristband. That wristband entitles you to... Uh, a few different samples or the samples of all the beers that we're going to be trying uh, and a chance for you to vote as part of our contest to help us determine who wins the Great Pumpkin Face-Off Part part 2. So that will be something a lot of fun this year. So uh, we'll be keeping listening, keep uh, keep up, and we'll be letting you guys know where we're doing it and uh, exactly what time, when to be, where to be, and, uh, exactly what we can do to uh, accommodate. It will be a lot of fun. 
uh, we're looking forward to it. We can't wait. And uh, keep listening every month, every week to uh, Blog Talk Radio in the Matchup Zone so we can keep going on this this uh, particular train. Should be fun. Yeah, Kev, I'm a little concerned because usually we get that thing that says one, yeah, one minute left or whatever, and we haven't heard that, so we couldn't hear it done. So are we – we're still on. I mean, I think we're still connected. Yeah, I but, think we're still good. But you know how we usually hear that, like – yeah, one thirty. We haven't uh, heard. It. I, we couldn't hear it. Don, what'd you do? I might have. I might have hit something. It might have been my fault. I'm, I'm fault. over here on the switchboard like a like a crazy person. I think people can still hear us because I'm still getting tweets and stuff like that. So hopefully they can hear us. Let's see. Yeah, looks like looks like they can hear us. Awesome. Yeah, people can still hear us. So uh, thanks thanks again for listening, everyone. Uh, we had a great show. We appreciate you guys you guys uh, joining us. We'd like to thank Mike from Pittsburgh calling in. Don Fairfax, we'll get to you next week and hear what you have to say. Uh, great pumpkin face-off, October 25th. Put it on your calendars now. We'll give you more details as the time goes on. We really appreciate you guys all tuning in today and uh, giving us such a, such a great show. We can't wait till next week. We'll be back next Sunday at 7 p.m. Until then.